one, the church confesses her faith and confidence in what that answer will look like in anticipation of the victory. Jesus Christ entered his suffering with the full knowledge of the blessings that he would receive as eternal king. And the church will always sing of his power because it means something for us. I preach you this gospel that Christ Jesus is your blessed eternal king. We'll see that he pours his gifts upon us and he also protects us by his power. You'll notice the Psalm 21 begins to the choir master. It's because the victory of the Lord's anointed king, it has positive results for all his covenant people. If the king is victorious and blessed, well, the people also will be. And they can sing about this victory even in their corporate worship, their choirs, and it's pointing to that corporate worship because ultimately they are praising the Lord who gives the king his strength. That's how we see it in verse uh, 1. O Lord, in your strength the king exalts. And in God's strength we also today can sing Psalm 21. The church understands that any instruments that God uses to bring deliverance, any instrument is merely riding the wave of the Lord's plan and the Lord's power. And when the people and the king are victorious in doing, it is the doing of the Lord. It's a clear sign of his presence with his church, like we read about in verse 6. And when God's covenant people sing Psalm 21 through the centuries and even today, then we are, are placing ourselves in the victory of that king. We are placing ourselves on, on the wave of, of God's plan and God's power. And we see that fulfilled, especially in Jesus Christ. And so he, as we're singing, even if we can't see that victory and that triumph right away, we can endure the hardships of this life singing with the same confidence that our Lord Jesus Christ had when he entered into his suffering. Well, the blessings that the anointed king obtained because of his trust in the Lord and his unwavering confidence in the steadfast love of God that we read about in verse 7, those blessings are outlined in verses 3 to 6. It's a list, a list that describes all that Jesus Christ obtained for himself and which he poured out upon his church, his body. The description of his blessings are a description of our blessings. Some of those are described in Ephesians 4 or Psalm 68, verse 18. And then we look at verse 3. It begins with the promise that God comes out to meet the king. The Almighty God comes out to welcome his king, his anointed, and his, his people. We see how the, the Lord is confirming the legitimacy of the reign of Jesus Christ and thereby also our own legitimacy, giving a crown of fine gold. Verse 4 tells us that the king grants, the Lord grants the king his request for life. And then we read those amazing words, he gives a life that extends even beyond death to last forever. What God 
can grant everlasting life if he himself is not also eternal and sovereign over all things. King Jesus' gift of life for his people, that, that life that we share in today, allows us to live even though we die, as our Lord Jesus said in John 11 concerning Lazarus. We may pour ourselves out in worship for all eternity. And Psalm 21 tells us about that glory that the king receives and that he receives it from our mouths, from our lives that he, to, to which he grants eternal life. The word glory speaks, it's verse uh, Verse 5, his glory is great through your salvation. That glory speaks of the king's honor. It speaks of his weight. It speaks of the authority that he has in, in all things. He talked about that in Matthew 28 with the Great Commission. And we are reminded also of the passage we read in Colossians chapter 1, describing the splendor and the majesty of our preeminent and exalted king, Jesus Christ. And as we worship this king today, and as we worship him every day, we discover that we share in that glorious victory, that splendor, and that majesty through our praise and through our thanksgiving. We can trust Jesus Christ as our king and our protector. More than any other king or, or power that stands opposed to him, he protects us by his power. And you see the central point of the psalm is found in verses 6 to 7, right in the middle of the psalm, where the church celebrates God's presence with his king on whom he bestows strength. The center of the psalm promises God being present with us, Emmanuel, God with us. When God's covenant people, the shepherd and the flock, when they trust in the Lord, when they remain in his love, like our Lord Jesus talked about in John 15, without being swayed or moved by the distractions in this life, then they will experience much joy and gladness in his presence. We see that in verse 7. The promise of Psalm 21 is that the wings of the Most High will reach down. Although he is the most high, he reaches down to, to surround the king who shows his complete trust in the Lord by submitting to his father's will, offering up the prayers and offerings described in the first verses of Psalm 20. Our Lord Jesus is that king. He was tempted by the devil to find an easier way our Lord Jesus, we read in the New Testament, he, he trusted in the Lord. And so he experienced the Lord's nearness to him throughout all his suffering until God forsook him on the cross for our sins so that afterward he might raise Jesus Christ up to his eternal throne. In the peace that King Jesus Christ obtained for us by his death, we too receive that blessing, being blessed forever. Blessed forever in our relationship to the Lord. And the psalm talks about us 
being glad with the joy of God's presence in verse 6. It's a beautiful way of describing peace with God. It reminds us of that feeling we have when our taxes are paid, our papers are in order, and the customs official, he, he laughs and jokes with us as friends, and he is eager to have us spend time in his country. We are happy to be in the presence of the Lord Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, together with Jesus Christ, who stands as our advocate and our anointed king. We're happy to be in his presence because he is happy to have us there. He is delighted to see the blessings that he poured upon his, his anointed king, now also hanging around our necks, now also filling our lives. And that is the joy of being a Christian, a God who delights to have you in his presence. In the presence of the Lord, we receive that in the blessing. The Lord, uh, may his face shine upon you. May his countenance also be there uh, to, to shine in your lives. That can be a most wonderful thing. It is the most wonderful thing to have the Lord look upon you with delight, his face shining with, with a smile to see you as his children because he's protecting us. But his shining face and his uplifted countenance is also a most fearful thing for those who stand up against the Lord, his enemies. The Lord Jesus experienced that anger of God against sin himself when he submitted himself to the Lord's anger and died on a cross. And now that he is anointed king, he also will punish those who fight against the Lord and his kingdom. The last part of the psalm talks about those who are conspiring against the kingdom. And in vain, they're trying to take power for themselves. It reminds us of Psalm 2. Well, the last verse is promised that just like King David did and King Solomon did when they took their seat on the throne, also the Lord Jesus destroys all his and our enemies. He does it out of love for us, his people. The Lord Jesus promises that there will be an end to the persecution. There will be an end to the oppression. There will be an end to the exclusion and the hatred directed against God and his church. By the keys of the kingdom of heaven given to the church, people will be called to repentance and submission to King Jesus Christ as the gospel is being proclaimed. They'll also be given over to their desire to remain under the wrath of God if they do not love and worship their creator. The good shepherd is seeing how people react to his voice, to his preaching, to his rod and his staff, that's to the discipline. And so he finds out, we see in verse 8, he finds out all his enemies. He finds out all those who are hating him. This king knows, this king sees the hearts. In Psalm 21, verse 12, explain that thought, all those who persist in the rebellion against Jesus Christ, they will get what they want. And together with their children who are walking in the same way, we see in verse 10, they will put, be put to flight like an archer might, might put an arrow in the bow and send it away. As King Jesus reigns from his throne in heaven, 
we may be confident that everyone who believes in him, who bows their knee before him as Lord, is protected by his power and shares in his gifts. That's why we still sing Psalm 21 with such joy. What a blessing it is to live in the promise of eternal life under the exalted Son of God, our anointed King, the Lord, who's blessed with glory and splendor and majesty. And so we say it, O Lord, we rejoice in your strength. We exalt in your salvation. We thank you for our rich blessings in Jesus Christ. We thank you that you are preparing a home where righteousness dwells. Be exalted, O Lord, in your strength. We will sing and praise your power. Amen.